Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Halloween decorations on one side of the aisle? Scary. Christmas decorations on the other side of the aisle? Even scarier. Happy Halloween. From Reed Wilkins and Inside Sports, 630 Chad, Edmonton's News, today's talk. How many of those do we have? Uh, I got two more I can rattle off <laughs> before the end of the Well, show. we only have one more time coming back from break. Yes. So, somebody didn't know the show's now only an hour. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll have to play one at the end of the show so all their work gets on air. My goodness. I, I, I did not know those were done or were coming. Did other shows have those? Yeah. All afternoon, apparently. Uh, you know, the morning's had it. Shows you how closely I listen, and I'm on the afternoon show. Chelsea had them. So, yeah. Did Bob have them? Bob had one. We had uh, we played a couple on Bob's show. Yeah. Oh, wow. Those Yeah, those are, uh, my goodness. I've got, I've, I, I'm going to have to go home and... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to go home and watch The Ring so I feel less scared than I do listening to those. I don't know. The Ring's the first scary movie that uh, came to mind. The Ring was a creepy movie. It was. I thought, I thought there was actually some creepy imagery in that movie. Like, it didn't, it didn't have jump scares, but it had, like, creepy imagery. It was a psychological thriller. Yeah. When did The Ring come out? It's going to be like 20 years old by 2002. Now. So, yeah, it's like 20 years And that was the American old. one. There's a remake yes. of a Japanese film. Naomi Watts was it. I just remember in that one. Now, slight spoiler if you haven't seen The Ring. And by this point, it's it's 21 years old. At the end of the movie, when, what was the girl's name? Samara? Samara, Sa- yeah. Samara. When she comes out of the TV, to me, that's a great image because... They kind of shown her like she was teleporting closer to the screen, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, then she's going to kind of, kind of shimmer like that again, and then she'll appear in the living room. But instead, she's like interfaced with the screen, and her arms came out, you know, and then she plopped her palms on the floor and came out. And there was some other, wasn't that the movie? There was like this weird, or on the tape, and there was like a centipede crawling, and a woman like looking back over her shoulder with a real creepy look. It was kind of eerie. Yeah. Like, to me, that's creepier than, you know, gore. Like, I realize gore bothers people, but when I see, see, like, sometimes if I, I watch a, a movie with my, with, my, with my dad at my parents, my dad and I have the same sort of tastes, and my mom doesn't like a lot of those films, but she might see there's some, like, really gory scene, and my dad, are laugh- my dad and I are laughing. Mm-hmm. Not because we think the violence is funny, but we realize it's th- it's there to be over the top, and we're thinking about okay, what effects did they do to make that person look like yeah, they're how, all sliced up or whatever? How much work has gone into this uh, forty second clip of the movie that you're you're currently watching, right? So. Right. And uh, that was a VHS tape back in the ring, wasn't it? Yeah. Talk about old school. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense to kids these days. <laughs> what 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 are they watching, and why are they watching it? Yeah, no, they'd uh, they they'd do the old school thing like uh, people did with the cassette yeah. tapes. Because now with well, streaming, now, now with well, streaming, what's going to be there? You watch this video on your streaming service, and you'll be haunted or or whatever happened. I guess they could do that. Uh, anyway, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We will quickly update the scoreboard for Cougar Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family for forty years. 
It is uh, in the NHL, the Kings leading the Maple Leafs 3-0. That is in the second intermission. The Predators and Canucks start their game in about half an hour. Those are the only two games in the league tonight. And uh, as I mentioned, the uh, baseball game is not close. It's 10-1, Texas leading Arizona at the end of the fourth. Arizona finally got on the board in the bottom of the fourth. All right, speaking of uh, guys who used to wear masks all the time, he joins us once a week here at Inside Sports, originally from Edmonton, former NHL goaltender, presented by Sentinel Storage, Shop Canadian, Store Canadian, head to sentinelstorage.ca, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Reading yourself? I'm doing very well. It's awesome to have you on the show again. Um, I, we were hoping to see each other this weekend, which uh, easier said than done, because uh, <laughs> when you're at the Heritage Classic, uh, it, it's quite structured. We each had our own responsibilities, which physically were nowhere near each other. So oddly enough, we, we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't run into each other. Um, but I, I'm just wondering, uh, before we talk about the game, I mean, you grew up in Edmonton. You've been in that stadium before. Um, just the, the spectacle and the vibe of it from your perspective. All right. So, yes, as a, a guy that grew up in Edmonton, I was so proud of uh, – uh, the job that the Oilers did, um, it, you know, there's there was such a great vibe. But going back to Commonwealth Stadium, Reed, yes, I've been in there a number of times. I've been to a, a few Eskimo games or a, a now, I guess, the Elks. Uh, but my first memory, Reed, was going back to the opening ceremonies of the 1978 Commonwealth Games. So the stadium, of course, was built for the games uh, and for the football team. But uh, so my best friend Jeff Marshall and I uh, were two rows from the top uh, and uh, so for this opening ceremonies there's uh, I, I remember I bought a t-shirt I wore it everywhere and what was interesting about that I uh, checked on Google that was August 3rd 1978 and little did I know uh, that about a month later that I would be in Medicine Hat and I'd be told that I'd be making the Medicine Hat Tigers and that would start my my hockey journey uh, all these years later. So it was a really cool memory to think of uh, the Commonwealth Games. Uh, and I was a big fan of track and field and, and all that. So, yeah. And, and then just to be back in the stadium was really uh, exciting. I, I thought the Oilers did a fantastic job. The city, there was a really cool vibe. Like the place where the hotel we stayed at, there was just tons and tons and tons of fans uh, for both teams. And it was just it was a great weekend. Well, and I love that you share that about the Commonwealth Games because uh, I also went to the Commonwealth Games. Might have been the first live sporting event I ever attended. So, yeah, that stadium's yeah. been there been there a while for sure. Uh, how is your – I'll just quickly tell you the story because I've told it in more detail. Yeah. Our listeners have probably heard it. Rob Brown and I were rinkside for the face-off show, and then Jack and Bob took that spot over and called the game. So Rob and I were actually in the field house. Um, that's the indoor yep. football field, you know, where the Elks will practice on on rainy days and stuff right. like that. Uh, so I watched right. the game on TV. Your view of uh, of the game, was it mostly on a monitor or, or did you see some of it in person? 
uh, I would say pretty much exclusively on a monitor. So uh, there was a, a small t a section of time where I was able to get near the rink uh, and watch a little bit. But as you know, that's very closely monitored. You can't stand by the glass and, and all that. You have to be sitting in those chairs. Uh, and so that wasn't really much of an option. But I, I have to say this, it was just so good. And I don't know if you had this feeling, Reed, but there's a, a it's a different vibe when you have a, an event like that. It's not as much a, a game as it is a spectacle. And that's the memories I always have. Now, the outdoor games, I think you and I have probably chatted about this. They don't have sort of like the re or the national attraction anymore. It's all regional. And that's good because it, you know, it, it was an Alberta vibe and I'm glad that Nickelback they were playing and they mentioned a couple times about their Alberta roots. And it was just a really uh, exciting weekend. Yeah. Well, and I, I've obviously heard from a lot of people and some colleagues went to the game and it, it's, it's a large stadium and a hockey rink is a lot smaller than a, than a football yeah. field. So I, I've definitely had some people say I, I didn't catch every goal or every play, but just, just to be there and, and be in the yeah. crowd and, and see it all pulled off. So that's pretty good. And, and the Oilers fan, I know there were a lot of flames fans there too, but the Oilers fans went home with a win, which, which they're pretty much calling their best game of the year. And Vinny DeHarnay spoke today uh, after we asked him questions about his first goal and the fallout from that. Yeah. Uh, and, and he said, he said, that's, the Oilers. He said, that's our identity. And he talked a lot about how they played connected, which is a word they use when they're playing well. Yeah. And boy, did he ever play well. It was kind of cool uh, because for a minute there before warm-up started, I was wondering if he was even going to be in the lineup because he was getting ready right by our uh, Sportsnet booth that we had kind of built it in one of the ends. And he was the last Oiler to go into the the dressing room to get ready and i was thinking boy he's not leaving himself much time and was he ever intense he had the earphones in and he was uh he was really getting ramped up for the game and so when i saw him walking out with the rest of his teammates that really struck me that here here's a guy that's really really into the warm-up uh maybe a little more serious than most of the guys uh and yeah to score his first nhl goal what a feeling and then the other guy well of course mcdavid and dry stood out but the guy that really grabbed my attention, I talked about it post-game, was Evander Kane, how engaged he was in the game. I want to say my memory serves me well. He had six shots on goal, a goal, two assists, and most importantly, I think it were the five hits that he threw because he was uh, unbelievable. Two of the hits, the one on Kadri and Tanev, those ones, those were, uh, I think, partially game changers. I mean, when you have a guy that's, willing to hit that hard and back it up. I, I mean, you know, his his words and his actions really said a lot to me. So I, I want to ask you this, because Mac T is on Stoff show every Monday, and Kane did get a penalty early in the game for a hit from behind. And Mac T basically yep. said, I, I don't mind that if you go out and step over the line early in a game. Uh, you know, you probably had teammates that did that. Did that? Did that bother you if a player took an aggressive penalty in the first 10 minutes? One of the first things you'd always say is, hey, that's one that we have to kill off. Because, uh, yeah, I, I was never mad at a guy that was a little too aggressive. Uh, it's the, you know, the hooking penalties or the lazy ones uh, that really bug you. But or the offensive zone penalties, but definitely not those ones where he's trying to send a message. 
Okay. I, I should ask you for a thought here on the Flames. Uh, I mean, it was going bad for both teams coming into that game. They still both have a lot of work to do. I, I feel like I hear a little more out of people who watch the Flames wondering if they're going to come around. I mean, Brownie and I talked even before the season who scores for that team. Um, like, What kind of spot are they in now, given what we've seen through their first uh, uh, nine games of the season? Well, I think that it's safe to say that they had higher expectations than when they where they sit right now. Having said that, Reed, one of the easiest ways they can clean this up is just managing the puck better. And, you know, even Ryan Huska once again spoke about that today. And whether it's in their own zone turning the puck over or most often it's in the neutral zone, and you know what happens when you turn the puck over there. It, it just co- turns around the other way and goes right back at your own goal. So that's the number one thing. If they clean that up uh, I'm not going to tell you that they're going to finish first in their division but they have a much better chance of uh, getting to the playoffs and and that's to me that's easily fixable right just managing the puck better and so you know if you have a situation where you're outnumbered just chip the puck in past the uh, defenders uh, or get pucks in deep all these crazy little cliches but they're true um, because they will score they've got enough talented players but if you don't have the puck in your stick you're not going to score when you're trying to defend the entire game so that would be my number one thing to change for the flames and it can start tomorrow because they have a real tough game here at home versus dallas and i want to end with a halloween question something that we were discussing on our afternoon show today is there an age where you're too old to trick and treat trick or treat well, you're talking to a 62-year-old grandpa. <laughs> I think I, I think I'm well past it, but but we did just see our two grandchildren, and uh, we're super excited for them, and they're super pumped to go uh, trick or treating after. And it's uh, and that's one of the reasons why we went over early because uh, my wife Don and I love this day, and so I want to get back to the house as soon as possible so I can start handing out all the candy for the kids. <laughs> All right. That's awesome, Kelly. Hey, uh, have a great (laughs) Halloween evening. Uh, Have a great broadcast tomorrow. We'll talk again next week, sir. You you got it. Thanks, Reed. Take care. Kelly Rudy, as always, presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. So he was impressed with the presentation of the Heritage Classic and the Oilers' performance in that game. A lot of people were. A lot to be impressed from uh, how Edmonton played against Calgary on Sunday in the 5-2 win. All right, uh, still 10-1. Rangers leading the Diamondbacks now the bottom of the fifth in Game 4 of the uh, World Series. We'll tell you about a really cool event going on in Edmonton for the next few days. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Happy Halloween. Halloween sweets from Reed Wilkins and Inside Sports. Well, they worked some Def Leppard into that one, which is which is nice. Yes, hope you're having a wonderful Halloween, however you choose to recognize this day. Okay, uh, I'm pleased to welcome to the show Ryan Schoffrell. He's the tournament director of the Edmonton National Bank Challenger Tennis Tournament that's going on at the Royal Glenora. Ryan, it's Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Reed. Yeah, thanks for checking in. I, I know this started a, a, a few days ago uh, and runs through the through the weekend here. So, did, give me the nuts and bolts first of all. What what is this tournament? 
Yeah, this is a combined men's and women's 25K challenger tournament, which is considered kind of the second level in entry-level professional tennis. So uh, it's the first time that it's ever been hosted in Edmonton, having both men and women under one roof. And so, yeah, it's it's been going really, really well. We've uh, we've had some exciting matches already, and the excitement's just building as the as the tournament progresses. All right. So, I, I guess why Edmonton, and and what are some other cities that get to host uh, events like this one? Yeah, we uh, we've had this on our radar for quite some time at the Royal Bernard Club, and uh, it was always kind of a bit of a passion project for the organizing committee, and it just became the right time after we finished the uh, redevelopment of our club last summer. So. Uh, we took this opportunity and spoke with Tennis Canada expressing our interest and they were excited that we came on board and uh, it's become a swing of tournaments and so a lot of these athletes have been in Quebec competing, uh, then in Toronto making their way out to Alberta here in Edmonton and then uh, next stop for some of them is going to be down the road to Calgary. Okay, so uh, pretty fun event to watch then. So does does it end on Sunday? It does, yeah. The final matches are on are on Sunday, um, approximately around uh, one or three o'clock, and uh, but otherwise it's running right through the right through the week until that point. Okay, uh, tell me a little bit about the setup at the Royal Glenora. I mean, you mentioned some of the the work that was uh, that was done there. I mean, you, you obviously have to have really good courts and a really good facility to get an event like this. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we're very fortunate. Uh, as I mentioned, we just completed last summer a major redevelopment process that ended up to be $42 million um, and redid uh, pretty much the entire club and so uh, we've got fantastic facilities, and, and the players they have really been treated to it. It's, they're not used to getting this level of uh, this level of access to the facility at this level of tournament. This is something that they sometimes only get access to at uh, at higher level tournaments you see on TV or or even at Grand Slams. So the players are loving the access. Um, you know, the fitness center, the locker rooms, the tennis courts, obviously. Um, and yeah, that's been the number one comment from them so far. Do we do we have any uh, Edmontonians, Albertans, Canadians going? What's the landscape like there? Yeah, we've. Uh, that's kind of one of the exciting parts of the tournament is that we've got some local wild cards uh, that we were able to grant and giving giving participants their. Uh, up-and-coming juniors or even college players their first taste at professional tennis and so we were able to give them uh, a wild card to compete in the event and get their first taste of what professional tennis is like and we've also have some uh, some players that have uh, been able to qualify on their own merit so uh, it's it's really neat to see because uh, some of these kids the last time that I personally saw them compete they were juniors competing in under 12 and under 14 categories and now they're competing on the same courts at a professional tournament. Wow. Okay. Well, Ryan, thanks for hopping. I assume you're 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 pretty busy here throughout the week, but thanks for giving us the nuts and bolts. We're going to give away some tickets here in a second, but if people want to grab tickets, where can they look? Yeah, they can either log on on Eventbrite or on our website at rollglenar.com and follow along the tournament and you know tickets are uh, tickets are pretty uh, pretty reasonably priced so we hope to see as many people down as possible ryan thanks for the update hope it's an awesome event thanks reed ryan shoffrell's the tournament director the edmonton national bank challenger tennis tournament going on at the royal glenora we got a couple tickets to give away the uh third person to text the word tennis 
702-780-496-0063. Kellen will keep an eye out for it and uh, get in touch with you mm-hmm. if you win. The third person to text the word tennis uh, give for your first and last name as well to 780-496-0063. But we got to play the other spot there. We will. Well, you're doing both. We're going to play you out to get to the end of the show. Is this the Monster Mash that we also play on Valentine's Day? Yes. That's incredible. All right. Uh, Let me update this here. It is uh, 10-1 after five. Rangers leading the Diamondbacks. The Kings up 3-0 on the Leafs at the start of the third. Predators and Canucks start in about 10 minutes. Oilers and Stars will go at it on Thursday. 5.30 face-off show game at 7 here on 6.30. Chad. Okay, Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween from Wilkins and Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad Edmonton News. Today When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.